So we're about to have Vic Evans, one of the half of 1027 the game. And then on a separate app, we're going to have Mike Scudero, host of the Yappy Yankees. So we got also going to talk about home run derby to talk about, second half to talk about. Um, Major League Baseball draft just happened. And earlier, I thought of a pretty fun idea to take, since we just had the All-Star game, to take two separate sets of teams because they were posting videos of the one, the last one in Colorado in 1998. So I figured from 95 to 2010, then 2011 through now, and looking at the names of pasts, I drew players from the 95 team, I the 98 team, and those are bulk of the players, and also the all three team. And I also took players from the 2011 team, 2013 team, 2014 team, and the 2015 team. And the reason why it's less on the other side, because I took a lot more players from 95 and 98, and when you hear the names, you guys will understand, but, you know, me, James, Vic, and Michael probably have different teams, and, yeah. So it should be interesting. It should be fun, um, especially, um, especially, especially uh, looking at the All-Star game. We had that the second half. Um, some really disturbing news involving Richard Sherman. Very, very disturbing. Um, he's currently in jail at, after arrest at the in-laws. The wife, the wife came out. Well, 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 we'll talk about that in a little bit. Don't you worry. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit disturbing. So that's enough to enter that. And um, you um, Bradley Beal entered protocol for um for COVID. So there's that. That's right. We are now live at nine oh three with one of the halves of live at five on one of two seven. The game, Vic Evans. Vic, how's it going, my man? It's been a while. It has been a while. Miss you guys. Hey, Vic, we definitely missed you, man. Glad, glad that you're on. Um, before we get on to the fun stuff and stuff, I do have to address the Richard Sherman issue, because that's kind of very important. Obviously, you heard the reports from Adam Schefter that Richard Sherman's in jail. Um, he was arrested in Seattle. Apparently, he broke into the in-laws. There was a disturbing 911 call that was released by Richard Sherman's wife, and Richard Sherman's wife said that, like, you know, he's a good person and nothing like, you know, like hope the charges get dropped. So he's currently in jail, but no charges have been officially announced. So what are your thoughts of the Richard Sherman situation? Well, you know, you know, reading the reports on 911, I think there was, you know, maybe some suicide talk. What I really hope is whatever happens that Richard Sherman gets, you know, evidently the, the help that he needs. And... You know, and, and a lot of these situations like this, I'm the one that kind of want to wait and see and get more information that comes out. Uh, you know, I know there was, I guess, a report of, you know, he had been drunk and, and wrecked his car, you know, and so there's there's a lot there to unpack. And so before making any, you know, I think in all these instances, it's best not to jump to any type of, you know, uh, uh, Conclusion, let the investigation happen the way it needs to be. 
but I hope with what has happened that Richard Sherman gets whatever help that he needs because it did sound very serious. It almost seemed like a, uh, you know somebody crying out for help. Tweets from Adam Schefter. Washington State Police also are investigating Richard Sherman in connection to a hit-and-run and damage to State Department of Transportation property. State Police say that, say that at about 1 a.m., they received a report of a single car incident. A car struck a concrete barrier, and then he retweeted that with, the driver apparently was able to drive the vehicle off the exit and abandoned it in, in a nearby parking lot. The registration was run, and it came back to Richard Sherman. Then he tweeted hours later from from his wife, Ashley Moss, he didn't harm anybody. My kids were not harmed in the incident. He's a good person, and this is not his character. We're doing all right, just trying to get him out. I want people to know no one was injured. Was injured. Yeah, you know, like I said, it's just, you know, in any of these types of instances, and, and, and rightfully so, you know, you're, you're going to probably think the worst. Or, and I think it's, you know, people jump to a lot of conclusions. Uh, because there is a, you know, let's just be honest, in the in sports itself, and not just saying maybe the NFL a little worse, you know, there is a, a domestic violence problem in a lot of places. And a lot of times it goes unreported. Um I think it's a better job now, but even to this day, it's still not reported the way it should be. Uh, and so, you know, that, that's always going to be your first thought, and your thoughts are in prayers, or with kids that were in, you know, had to, you know, see a situation or be a part of this situation or of some sort. But, you know, I think that the, you know, people will do their due diligence. And, and like I said, if, if Richard Sherman needs some help, I hope he gets the help he deserves and needs. And, um, so, you know, it's just, you never like to hear these situations come about or hear about them. And and, and, and the sad part about it is, is there's probably more uh, instances that go unreported than reported. And, and hopefully we're moving in the right direction, you know, as a society for that. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I, I couldn't agree more because that's kind of the most important thing. Because I think hopefully he gets the help we we get that he gets um and and also the quick and quick last thing i'll say about this is that richard sherman you know he's a very smart guy um went to stanford i really hope that um this blows over he still he still got some gas in the tank left you know even though he was injured for the 2020 season i truly hope everything gets resolved and hopefully that he's okay and the family members are okay because you know, he's, he's too, he is a good guy. He's done a lot of good things for the community. I just truly hope that he's, um, he's okay. Yeah, you know, and, and that's where you're, you're, you're you know, as a, as a fan or as a person on the outside, you know, being a sports fan, uh, you know, I will say the one thing that I think a lot of fans tend to forget are these people are human. Uh, yes, they make a lot of money playing sports. I understand that. But they have, you know, the same, they go through the same pressures and stress and, and you know, things that happen in their life. And, and the only difference is we read about it on ESPN or on the Internet or yeah. Twitter, you know. And, and so I think sometimes we forget that these athletes are, are human. Uh, there's going to be things that happen in their lives. 
and you know, and if we as people uh, had people following us around and writing everything that went on in our lives, it wouldn't look so pretty either. And so you just hope that you know everyone in the in, in this case, uh, one is safe, two gets help they deserve, they need, or or they may need, um, and and that you know that you know things work out in the best and move forward in the best possible life. Does that mean he'll play football again? You know, that's above my pay grade. I'll let the investigation happen and those things. I just want to see people as humans and as families, you know, uh, uh, be safe and, and successful. And, and, you know, like I said, these guys are human. They go through the same stresses and uh, things of everyday life. And whether it be depression, whether it be ups and downs, and just life throws at you, just because they happen to make a lot of money doesn't mean they don't feel a lot of the same things that you and I feel in going through everyday life. And we just don't happen to live in a big fishbowl that they do. That's that's very true. And and one last thing on this. I mean, the upside is yes, they'll always be able to have enough money to live how they want to live. But the small downside with this, and this is where I do give compassion to them, to where I wouldn't for for a normal person. You know, the three of us, we don't have estranged fake friends and family members coming for handouts. We don't have people bumping into us at 9-11 trying to take our pictures. You know, we can go out to eat, do whatever we want without no stress. These people have to put fake names in hotels, disguises sometimes maybe. They they can't just take their kid to the park because the minute the, the minute Tom Brady takes his kid to the park you know, it's it's report report. Tom Tom, how how long are you gonna play? Tom Tom Tom, is is, is this it? So so, yes, you, you, you know some people will say first world problems, but it is a serious thing. Um, now for the fun stuff, you know, baseball just had its biggest stage, All Star game last night, home and derby the night before. Pete Alonso repeated and. For the second consecutive home run derby that Pete Alonso is, it went the same exact way as the first one. The winner of the night, the story, was Trey Mancini. The first time it was Vladimir Guerrero. But, just like this, that one, Pete Alonso won the derby again. So Vic, what did you think of the home run derby? You know, I, I, I didn't get to see all of it, uh... Uh, you know, I, I coach a collegiate summer league team, and we were on the bus going to a game, got rained out, turned around, so I got to see a little bit of it. Uh, I, I liked the format. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought, like you said, I thought Mantini kind of stole I, I think he stole the show a little bit, but let's be honest. Otani, which I think I just saw reports where it was the most watched home run derby at all time, you know, that is all thanking uh, for Otani. Because uh, he's been great for baseball, you're going to get you know huge eyes on him, not just in the United States, but you know in the international community. But I mean, you know, I, I guess this is a situation that fits perfect for Alonzo. He's made what, like 2.4 million dollars in his baseball career from salary, and two million dollars from the home run derby. Maybe he should just become like a home run derby guy. Just goes around and hits home runs for everybody. But I thought it was a great, I, I thought it was a great, uh, a great home run derby. The part that I got to see. And I think it's great for baseball that, you know, it's kind of the, you know, for guys my age, this is kind of the new breed coming in and the new uh, young up-and-coming guys. And uh, I think all in all, uh, 
uh, it was very successful for baseball, which needs to get as many new eyes and young eyes on the game as, as that it can. I couldn't agree more. That was a fun derby, and it was really great to see. And now we had an all-star game, too, yesterday. Um, obviously, the American League won total domination, eight straight times the American League has won. So now the, the question being is that, you know, what do you think of the all-star game itself, and what do you think of those awful, ugly, horrendous jerseys? Yeah, they, they look like beer league softball uniforms <laughs> is kind of what I thought they looked like. Uh, I will say, you know, the, the great thing about the MLB All-Star Game is it's the only All-Star Game that is played like the true game. You know, you watch the NBA All-Star Game, it's a dunk fest, nobody's going to play defense. You know, hockey turns into a lot of three-on-three and, and a shootout, which is fine. I mean, it's, you know, in, in the NFL, it's not, you know, it's not a true NFL game. So that's what makes the MLB All-Star Game special. Now, the only drawback to that is sometimes you kind of get a whole hung 5-2 game with not a lot of excitement. But I still think it's the best all-star game out there because it's still played like a regular season game. You know, it, 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 it's played like it's supposed to be played. And uh, But, yes, you are right. The, the, the uniforms were terrible. Uh, I strictly prefer them to go back to where you wore your hometown uh, your own uniform. I think that was the way to go in the past, and I still think that's the way to go. I don't think you have to have a special all-star uniform, but whoever was in charge of making those uniforms uh, dropped the ball. Yeah, very, very, very I, I true. I agree. It's it's just like everything else. It's all about trying to sell merch, you know, because because there will be that one family that has a kid where it says, Oh my God! It's it's Mike Trout's also jersey. Mom, Dad, please, you bought me every single one. Please, I need this, and and they'll price it. They 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 had a Yankee one. That was four hundred dollars, and then and then I tweeted, okay, if you're gonna spend four hundred dollars, not only on a jersey but an ugly jersey, you know what? You better be able to, to donate to charity. And as the Suns are currently up ten to four, um, the 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 most I think is 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 acceptable is is probably one twenty, and 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 of course it's people's money they can spend it, spend what they want, but four hundred thousand on a jersey, that is nuts, and then. Well, and I will I will say this about jerseys, like and, and as I get as I get older, you know I, I'm I'm old. But I also have come to understand that they're not making jerseys to appeal to me. You know, when I look at some of the college uniforms, and I'm like, you know, I'm more of a classic, you know, clean-cut, classic-look guy. But, you know, your organs and your your color rush jerseys and and, and the different jerseys you see, they're not making those for me to buy them. They're making those for, you know, to to appeal to 16, 17, 18-year-old recruits. Now, with baseball, if what they were trying to do was make some type of cool jersey to appeal to, you know, seven, eight, nine, twelve year old, thirteen year old kids so you get a more of a younger audience. You know, that's one thing. And so you know, what their taste in jerseys is gonna be a lot different than what my taste in jersey is. So there may have been young kids that thought those jerseys were cool. And and so I understand that. I just happen to think they look like beer league softball uniforms. Uh, but but they're not trying to appeal to me. They're, I'm hoping what baseball was trying to do was to appeal to 
you know, 13, 12, 11, 10-year-old kids, you know, boys and girls, because that's what they need um, to grow the game is the more people to want to watch the game. I couldn't agree more. That's that's really um that's really what it is. And speaking of like, we just saw a picture like um we saw a picture of like a lot of um of the all stars. We also saw Gary Jeter, A Rod, like from from like I believe was ninety seven. So Nick put up a very good thing that did make the whole all star team, and he thought from ninety seven. Through 2010 and 95, 2011. 9, 95 to 2010 and 2011 through 2021. Oh, that's tough. And, 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 and I, I did mine. I, okay. I, I brought maybe 30 names on each side. So, so first before I tell you my, my lineup, my starting pitcher, and my bullpens from the 95 team. I I I took Cal Cal Ripken Jr., Edgar Martinez, Roberto Alomar, Ken Griffey Jr., Randy Johnson, Frank Thomas, Manny Ramirez, Jim Edmonds, Tony Gwynn, Ozzy Smith, Barry Larkin, Barry Bonds, Greg Maddox, Craig Biggio, Sammy Sosa, Mike Piazza, Hideo Nomo, and then from the Go ahead. Yeah, Hideo Nomo, the former Dodger pitcher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was good. He was good. And then from 98, Roger Clemens, Juan Gonzalez, Tom Gordon, Kenny Lofton, Pedro, Troy Percival, Brad Radke, Jim Tomey, Mo Vaughn, Moises Salou, Trevor Hoffman, Javi Lopez, Mark McGuire, Kurt Schilling, Yugith Urbino. I, I like that too. Now, I personally like the '95 team a lot better. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Absolutely, and and looking at all these names just brought me back. And then I also did 2003. I did Jimmy Moyer, Brett Boone, Carlos Delgado, Jorge Posada, Noel Garcia Para, Mike Sweeney, Hasegawa, Troy Gloss. Billy Wagner, Mark Mulder, Todd Helton, Ichiro Suzuki, Kerry Wood, Hideki Matsui, Eric Gagne, John Smoltz, Dontrell Willis, Mark Pryor. Then from the 2014 team, Mark Burley, D- Dylan Matantis, Glenn Perkins, Adrian Beltre, Yasel Puig, Francisco Rodriguez. And then from the 2015 team, Nelson Cruz. Jose Altuve, Salvador Perez, Albert Pujols, Brett Garner, Kelvin Herrera, Zach Britton, Bryce Harper, Adrian Gonzalez, Anthony Rizzo, Brandon Crawford, Jacob DeGrom, and Jonathan Papelbon. And then from the 2011 team, a couple of good names here, David Ortiz, Miguel Cabrera, Roy Holiday, Yadier Molina, Derek Jeter, Mike Trout, Felix Hernandez, Justin Verlander, Buster Posey, Chipper Jones, Clayton Kershaw, and from the 2013 team, Robinson Cano, Adam Jones, Mariano Rivera, 
Max Scherzer, Prince Fielder, Dustin Pedroia, Madison Bumgarner, and Jose Fernandez. That's not bad. A lot of good names there. They're all good names except for one. There was one Hi. name that I, I uh, one name that he mentioned that just made my head hurt. It made my head hurt. <laughs> it just the fact that he mentioned that this particular name, it made it kind of just omit everything he just said. Everything he just said. That that one that that one was on purpose. Now. Oh, I'm sure. But, but hey, he, he's had a nice career. And he, he just, you know, now he's older now. He doesn't put up the numbers he used to. But in his day, he was, he was one of those professional hitters that always made the Yankees good. Guys like Cole O'Neill and Scott Brochett that didn't put up the biggest numbers. But when the chips are down, they put together really good at bats and help them win. That's, and you could use that this year because they're not very good. That's... Yeah, well... That's true. We, uh, as two Yankee fans on this pod, we, 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 we have been critical of them. We, 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 me and Nick have been critical, and we, we don't, we, we don't give the Yankees free passes here. But from the '95 team, and I'm gonna go from the '95 team. I'm gonna take Piazza. I'm gonna take Barry Bonds. I'm gonna take Craig Biggio. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Ozzy Smith, and Greg Maddox. Um. I'm going to take um, Kyle Rifkin, um, Ken Griffey Jr., Edgar Martinez, um, um, Roberto Alomar. And my pitchers I'm I'm taking is, um, obviously I'm going to add, um, from the American League, who was was really underrated, Randy Johnson. Because when he was with the Mariners, oof, he was good. And Kenny Rogers was really good at that 95 team, so I'm taking him. Oh, yeah, Kenny Lofton at that time was a stud. Okay. Like, people, people was really sleeping on him. And then from from the 98 team, who, from 98 team, which people also be sleeping on too, though, is that Bartolo Colon, Pedro Martinez, Troy Percival, um, Derek Gita, Manny Ramirez, you know... Those, those, like people really people don't people don't understand that um Tony Gwynn was oh he was such a great player man such a fantastic oh, it's player unreal unreal and, and there was a, there was that stretch with the Indians for four to five years where Manny Ramirez was the most feared hitter of all time I know a lot of people now you know think about him as a Red Sox and selling drug tests but there was that stretch of time with the Indians with him and Tomei and Lofton that group he was the most feared, most feared hitter in baseball. Oh, that Indian team was so good. Just like just like the Braves, they underperformed, and they should have won a lot more. Um, my here's my lineups. This is the, this is the ninety five through twenty ten side. Leading okay. off, I got Ozzy Albies at short. No, no, Ozzy Smith. Sorry. I have. I have. I have Ken. <laughs> I have Ken Griffey Jr. batting second in center field. I have Barry Bonds batting third and left. At cleanup, I have Manny Ramirez in right, batting fifth. Mike Piazza at catcher, batting sixth. Jim Tomey at first, batting seventh. Edgar Martinez at at DH. Batting 8th at 2nd base, Craig Biggio. 
and batting ninth, third base, Troy Gloss. The starter is Pedro Martinez. Long relief, Mark Pryor. Middle relief, Billy Wagner, Urbina, and Gordon. My setup is Troy Percival, and my closer is Eric Gagne. Eric Gagne was a, was Eric Gagne was people forget Eric Gagne was, was a reliever that not not only was the best reliever in the league, but the man won a Cy Young as a reliever, and he won an MVP also, I believe. Yeah. Yes, he did. So let's let the like you know before people poo poo what Nick said, Gagne was a really good pitcher at his time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, he happened to be juiced up really good, but yo, I mean, when when he was the closer there, uh, uh, for the Dodgers, I mean, he was. You know, I still think, I think to this day, he still holds the consecutive saves record. I don't yes, know if it's been broken. Yeah, you know, it's in the upper. Only... It, it's it's in the upper seventies. I mean, I. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, you you could have gone Wagner as a closer. You could have gone Percival as a closer, but at that time, it was. Eric Gagne, Trevor Hoffman, yeah, and Mariano Rivera. Yeah. That was, those were it. So, if, if anyone's... Well, Rivera wasn't quite there yet. Rivera right. was a setup guy starting in 96. Yep. You know, run, you know when, he, when the Yankees won in 96, he set up Wetland. He was the eighth yep. guy. It wasn't until 97 that Rivera became the closest. Right, that's well, what I'm saying. Be, if you also remember, too, Rivera was actually penciled as a starter. Oh, yeah, so yeah, then he's he been then, then he became a set man, because remember, like, George was wanting to trade Mariano Rivera, but Castro had to talk him out and saying no. And Joe yeah. Torre did the, the, the most smartest thing he did by putting Rivera in the bullpen, and then the rest was history. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a different pitcher then. You know, I, I can remember, you know, of course, the 96 Yankees are one of my favorite teams of all time, because that was the first time that my team had won the World Series since I was, you know, five. You know, in '78, and you know, he was—it he, wasn't the cutter; it was the high fastball, curveball guy. You know, the cutter came a little later, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, Gagne was was so good in that stretch with the Dodgers; it was unreal. And then here's my lineup for 2011 through 21. At shortstop, leading off, I got Derek Jeter. At second base, batting second, Dustin Pedroia. At third, batting third, Chipper Jones. Cleanup. At DH is David Ortiz. Batting fifth is Mike Trout in center field. Batting seventh, no, no, batting sixth is Bryce Harper. Batting seventh is Yadier Molina. Batting eighth, Todd Helton. And batting ninth, the star in the world, the best person in baseball, the greatest person who James loves, Brett Gardy Party Gardner in left field. Your starting pitcher is a man who needs no introduction, Roy Holiday. The long relief is Dylan Batances. And then you have Zach Britton. And then you have Jonathan Papelbon. Francisco Rodriguez as a set of men. And your closer is Mariano Rivera. So, James, how do you feel about Brett Gardner in that lineup, man? Oh. Guardy Jeter back to back. Let's go. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know. I truly think he did that just to piss me off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm one of the biggest Brett Gardner fans and have been, but there's no way he makes my lineup. And, and, you know, like, and, uh, Brett, the only way Brett Gardner will make my lineup is if he 
and there's an everyone in the world just can't come, and I have no other option. And the only way to make an all-star team now is if he pays a ticket, goes out, and then watches. So he, he he's not making my he's not making my lineup at all. He's not even in my lineup. Well, so look, it was. That's the only two I could really argue with you about, Gardner. And then going back to the 95 to 2010 team, uh, I think the one biggest miss on that is, and I know it was later in his career, but he still won three batting titles at the 95. Tony Gwynn would be in my starting lineup. I, I, would, know, I, I would still have Bonds and I would still have Griffey, but I would have Tony Gwynn out there. He would be my leadoff hitter uh, as opposed to Ozzie Smith. Uh, just because even then, I think he won the batting title in 96, 97, and 98. I mean, he's, you know, the guy, he, he's got to be in there. He won it through strength. Yeah, he's probably, the, you know, he's the greatest hitter we've seen in our generation. Uh, probably the greatest hitter since Ted Williams. And so there's no way I can leave him out of, of that lineup uh, for the 95. But then, and then I couldn't have Gardner. But other than that, I could live with everything else. So, so, so with Gardner, it was, it was either Gardner or Yasel Puig, now, or or Adam Jones, but but Adam Jones, Adam Jones is is the center fielder, so it's it, it's not Jones over Trout, and then Gardner is a better defender than Puig, Puig is a better hitter, but you with this lineup of bats that you have, you go for the better better defender, and then Tony Gwynn. You know what? That's true, but I'm I'm just super big on Jim Tomey, and I wanted the extra lefty bat, so that's why I did it that way. And then I also could have gone Cal over Ozzy Smith, but again with with Ozzy Smith his defense and all the other bats in the lineup. I mean, there's you know there's not many else you can go to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you really can't go wrong. I mean, there's. There's, you know, seven or eight different combinations you can use. I would just have, you know, on my 95 to 2010 team, I would have to have Tony Gwynn on, you know, playing and oh, starting for me. But that's not saying that, you know, you're right, you're wrong, and I'm right. I'm just, that's that's true. just a lot of personal preference. And, you know, and I'm more, you know, with my age, I'm geared more towards I still love the guys that I grew up watching play. You know, they're still... Uh, you know, the older I get, the better they get. <laughs> you know how they go. Yeah. You know? I'm like, Tony Gwynn was, was such a great play. That's why I added Tony Gwynn for my, because when Tony Gwynn, what I've seen, like, the best pure hitter, like he said, the Ted Williams, the man hits. He doesn't, like, he, he's just a pure hitter. Man hits for power, hits for average, hits for contact. He's just a, he's, you know what they call professional hitter? That's what Tony Gwynn is. He's a hitter's hitter. And and he's a lefty, too, which made him even that much more special. I would agree with most things Nick said, but I would I would make a dip. I would make a more mission. I'd add Tony Gwynn into my lineup. I'd add, um, I'd add Omar Vizquel, because Omar Vizquel was a very good defender. The people forget how very good Omar Vizquel was as, defense, as a defensive um, as a defensive player. I would add him at top. I'd add A-Rod in my 95 team because you don't know this, but A-Rod, when he was with Seattle, was, was, was such a dangerous hitter. I'd add A-Rod oh, and real. I, uh, I uh, picked Barry Larkin over Omar Vizquel. I, I like Omar because of his defense, and I would and I would put A Rod in my lineup for the '95 to 2010 team. That that's just me. 
because A-Rod was a much, much better hitter, and you do need power. Everything else you just said about pitching, I agree with, so I'm not going to tinker with that. But that that's the only thing I would admit. Now for the 2011 to 2010 team, um, my starting pitcher would be would be Jacob Degrom because over over the last few years, man, Jacob Degrom has just been. I get it, Pedro's longevity. I give him that. Pedro is great, but Degrom is just. Unreal. No, 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 no. Pe- 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 Pedro was on the 95 team. I started Holiday. So, if it wasn't Holiday, I could have gone Felix Hernandez, Jose Fernandez, Mark Burley, or DeGrom. You're not starting DeGrom over Roy Holiday. Yes, I am. Oh, man, I, I think I'd have to go DeGrom, too. Ooh. Hey, I love Roy Holiday, and, and, and he was... I mean, he was, he was the bull. Has DeGrom ever pitched a no-hitter? Or a perfect game? No. Oh, my. No. Oh my no. God. You know, those, but, but, you know, I mean, you know, there's, there's, you know, I think I know the years. I know he's starting getting, like, you know, looking at Nolan Ryan's stats and you get five Right, but Roy Holiday's no hitter was in a playoff game, and his stuff was so filthy. He had Ryan oh, Howard heard. get hurt on the final last play. Oh, I don't, I don't. Just because I would say I would start Jacob Degrom, don't take it as me downplaying Roy Holiday. I, you know, Roy Holiday was was a special player, was a dominant pitcher for his era. I would just think that, you know, I think the numbers that DeGrom's put up the last three or four years and what he's done and, and where he could go, I just think he has something that could be Fair. really, really special and go down as one of the best that, that's played the game. An- another picture I was also debating about is because, and, cause, and also in my lineup, like like your lineup is pretty much the same. It's pretty much the same. I agree with you with the starting lineup for the 2011 to 20. The present, so I'm not going to take away that. But for starting pitching, another person I was really going back was between Jacob Degrom and Clayton Kershaw, just out of longevity. Because Kershaw, before Degrom just took over, Kershaw was a beast too. Another person I was really thinking about was Madison Bumgarner because because of the postseason, Bumgarner took it took his game to a whole nother level, and he would be more my long reliever. I would obviously Mo would be my closer because oh, it's Mo and there's no, you know, my setup man would be would would be would be K Rod for the tweet because I do love Francisco Rodriguez. Um, long relief. Um, I would agree with Dylan Batantis. I do agree with that, but but I was really struggling between Degrom and Kershaw as my starting pitching. But then I ultimately went with Degrom because of the the last three years. Degrom has just been unreal, and Kershaw is a Hall of Famer, and he finally got that World Series ring, which he rightfully deserves. Because of longevity, Kershaw was just you know was just unreal. But Degrom just took over. So those are the two I was struggling, but I ultimately went with Degrom. Yeah. Um. So Phoenix twenty three. 18, first quarter about to end. Vic, what do you think is going to happen for the rest of this finals? Um, I hope Phoenix wins just because, uh, you know, um, one, they had Devin Booker and being 
a UK fan, you know, I, I was always a Devin Booker fan, and, and what he's done since he's got the NBA uh, makes us UK fans happy. Uh, so I hope Phoenix wins. Uh, but I think this could be an interesting series. I mean, I know, you know, if you're looking at TV ratings, I'm not sure the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks are going to gonna move the needle much for the NBA. But I do think it's nice to get some two, you know, new teams in there. Uh, where you're not getting, you know, whether it be the Nets and the Lakers or the Lakers or, you know, just your normal teams that you always get. Um, but, you know, I, 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 you know I, I think Phoenix does win, uh, but I, I, think it may go, I think it may go, you know, six or seven games. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Bucks win tonight, uh, especially being at home. And, uh, but, but I think Phoenix wins. At least that's what I'm hoping. I hope Phoenix wins as well. Um, I'm rooting for Chris Paul because, to me, Chris Paul is already going to be a Hall of Famer. But to me, if he gets this ring, it puts him in that top five best point guard of all time. Because look at the point guards that that have that NBA has had. You talk, you first foremost, you start with Magic Johnson, the best point guard of all time, the, the quintessential for general. Then you go Steph Curry, then you go Isaiah Thomas, and then you go Oscar Robinson. I think Chris Paul would be number five in that list if you were to run a ring because it would mean so much for him and his legacy, and that's why I'm rooting for him. And I love Devin Booker. I think Booker is fantastic. That I'm rooting yeah. for that as well, man. And Paul's a guy who's been unlucky. You know, it seemed like in the past when you get into a big series, whether it be, you know, the second round of the conference championship, you know, he was getting hurt and wouldn't be able to finish the series. So he's kind of been a snake-bitten guy. Uh, I've never been a huge Chris Paul fan. The guy's really good. Just, he just ne- I've just never been a fan of his. Uh, but I wouldn't mind. I do like the fact that he's leading this team. You know, he was kind of the, uh, the, the one guy they brought in to kind of give the better leadership, and he has led this team. And so I think it would, it would be a nice uh, topping on his career if he can find a way uh, to win this title. So, Vic, tell us, before we talk some Major League Baseball, tell us about your baseball team. Yeah, I, uh, I manage a, uh, it's a collegiate summer league. It's called the Ohio Valley League. We've got 10 teams throughout western Kentucky, southern Indiana, and now a team in western Tennessee uh, around the national area. Uh, we bring in college players from all over the country, and they come to town here, live here, uh, and we have a 44-game regular season with the postseason. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a grind. We, we basically play 44 games in 46 days. We play six days a week. Uh, the only day we get off usually is on Monday unless you get a ramp. Uh, and uh, so it's a lot of fun. It, it keeps me young. I get to hang out with, you know, and coach a bunch of college guys. And, you know, I'm a baseball coach at heart. And uh, so uh, we're – you know, we're getting towards the end of our season. We just uh, two and a half weeks, about two weeks left of the regular season. Uh, it seems to fly by every year, but it's a it's it's great baseball, great college kids from all over the country, Wood Back League. Uh, you know, so it's a lot of fun, and uh, our town really supports our team. And uh, so it's it's something I enjoy doing every summer. Uh, this is my. It, 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 You're breaking up. Okay, sorry. You got me now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, but and, and one thing we tweeted out, uh, we have Sunday, we have an autism awareness night. And um, Dinger Bats, uh, which is, you know, a professional wood bat company, they, they you know, they were they had like Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, uh, Jason Hayward. They're our bat company we use. And they've created these special autism awareness bats. Uh, that our guys are going to play with and use in the Sunday's game, and then our guys are going to sign them. And then we're going to auction them off, and all the proceeds will go to Puzzle Pieces, which is a, a place here in Owensboro that works with uh, disability kids, uh, provides them with a lot of services. And uh, so we're auctioning those bats off online. You can, uh, Owensboro River Dogs on Twitter, you can see the bats, and, uh, and, and they go on auction from July 17th to July 22nd. Um, and you can find that auction. I think it's www.32auctions.com backslash Riverdogs. And uh, you can like a look at the bats. And if it's something you really need, you know, they've got the puzzle pieces and the autism, uh, autism uh, logos on them. And they're, and they're really neat. So our guys are going to play with them, sign them, and then we're going to auction them off and give them to a, a nonprofit here in town that uh, works with uh, disability kids. That's, that's so awesome. When I first originally saw the pictures, those those bats looked really nice, and yeah, I they turned out I, really good. I hope a lot of people go bid, and it's for a good cause. Oh, it's for a great cause, and Puzzle Pieces is a great uh, nonprofit here that does a lot of work throughout Kentucky and, and all over the country, and and uh, for all types of kids that are all you know throughout the entire spectrum of autism. And uh, so, you know, we're hoping for a big night. And, uh, yeah, go on there and place a bid. It's going to a great cause. 100% of whatever we bring in on this auction, it all goes to puzzle pieces. I agree, man. Everyone go ahead and donate, man. It's a really great cause. And I'm, I'm really hopeful that everyone go out and donate. Um, quickly, Bum, I just want to make a quick, quick question for you. And this is more yeah. personal for me. Um Two things. Number one, you heard the Washington football team is going to announce a new name in 2022. So I got two-part question. Number one, what do you think the new name will be for the Washington football team? And number two, between the Washington football team, oh, the New God. York Giants, and the Dallas Cowboys, because, yeah, we're talking about me, are, do the Giants have a good chance to win this division? Because this, this, this is what I really care about. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I don't know. I had, I, I, question number one, I have no idea what the new football team is going to be named. You know, and, and I don't even have a good, I don't have a good, I don't have like a good nickname for myself. I thought, you know, if I was Washington, I, I thought with the way people kind of accepted just the Washington football team, I'm not sure sure I wouldn't just leave it. You know, you get a lot of these soccer clubs and things of that nature. So I, I don't know. I haven't heard. You know, I've kind of been out of the loop as far as what they were looking at or some ideas. You know, I've, I've heard some of the of the Cleveland Indians ideas thrown around. Uh, but so I really don't have any idea what the Washington Football Team's new nickname is going to be. Um, you know, uh, now as far as your second part of the question, I think that's the one division that I think you could really play that thing like six times and you would get like four different winners. I, you know, I, I think Dallas, you know, they, I, I worry about their defense. I do like the, the addition of Dan Quinn, you know, as a defensive coordinator. I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan whatsoever. I thought it was a bad hire at the moment that Dallas hired him. Uh, but you get Prescott back. You get, you know, supposedly Ezekiel Elliott is supposed to be in his best shape he's been in. You know, if the line can stay healthy, that's still a good line. They've had trouble staying healthy. But, 
you know, I just don't know how many times you can win a 49-46 game. Uh, I think the Giants, uh, you know, I like what they did in the draft, and it all just depends on what kind of how Daniel Jones, you know, what steps he takes going forward. Um, if I was going to put money on it right now, I would put the money on the best defense and the best front seven, and that would be Washington, oh. even though I still worry about what they're going to do offensively. I just, I really don't have an idea about that division. Like, I think you could play the year three times and three different teams would win. <laughs> That's true. You they, get three different they results. Each, yeah, they each have some good things, but the thing about the NFC East is every team in the NFC East has a lot of of unknowns, and, and, and there's, you know, there's no, there, there's no top to bottom real quality team. You know, I love Washington's defense, especially that front seven. I don't like their offense. Um, you know, I, I, I like what the Giants have done, but they're also young in some pieces. I'm not sure about the quarterback. Uh, I'm not sure about the receivers. You know, and who knows what happens with the running back coming back from injury. There's some question marks there. Dallas, I love the offense, but I've got question marks of whether or not the offensive line can stay healthy. They haven't been able to do that in a couple of years. And their defense was absolutely atrocious last year. And I know they picked what? The first seven draft picks were all defensive players? All defense. Uh, all defense. Yeah. Which they needed to do, but I just don't know about the defense. So I just, I don't know. There's just not a top to bottom solid team. Everybody in the East has some pretty big warts. And it's just whoever can, can hide and disguise those warts better than the other teams. It has the advantage. The problem is, I'm not sure Mike McCarthy can hide any warts. I think he kind of made his leaving with Aaron Rodgers and, and Brett Favre and some of the quarterbacks they had. I'm not a big Mike McCarthy fan. I, I, I thought that was a bad hire from day one. One, I, I am in full agreement with you. They should keep the football team name. Why change it? I, I think it's really silly. I mean, I get it at first. A lot of people didn't like the name, but you know what? They played well last year. They made the playoffs, and since we're going into year two with the name, I, I think it's sticking with people, and I say, why change it? You know, pe- pe- people are still going to buy more merch, and they should keep it. Now, with the Yankees, they're 46-43, and 43, eight games back in the East, four and a half in a wild card, the next 11 games, eight against the Red Sox, Three against the Rays. These 11, I think, will tell the Yankee season. Vic, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I like, I, I, you know, being a Yankee fan myself, a huge Yankee fan, I've been disappointed. I think this team is constructed in a bad way. I think, you know, I know with analytics, it's become about home runs and, and, uh, you know, doubles and, and, you know, doing as much damage as you can in power pitching. I still think there's a, there's a, there is a place in the game uh, for being able to be contact hitters. And not, I think when you have to live so much in scoring your runs on the home run ball, which the Yankees aren't hitting as many home runs they have uh, in the past, um, I just think it's not a well-constructed team. I, I you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the starting pitching uh, has at times, you know, been really good. Like, they haven't been able to put it all together. You know, they get, you get a streak where your starting pitching goes like two weeks and they got like a 1.5 ERA, and then the next time they go through, you know, they're giving up a ton of runs and they can't score. Uh, 
I think they like some youth. I think they like some guys that are just contact hitters and get on base type of guys. I think it's a lot of home run or nothing for the Yankees. So I don't have a lot of faith in the lineup, the way it's, the team is, the way it's constructed. Um, I, you know, but they're also a team that can get hot and run off, you know, 30 out of 40 games, too. Uh, so I just, you know, it's just been a really disappointing season from the Yankees. Um, and and I, I think Cashman, the way he's built this team, uh, has some questions to answer. Uh, you know, how do you're in Yankee Stadium playing and you don't have, you have such a right-handed dominant lineup is beyond me. You know, if you look back through history, great Yankee teams, you know, was more of a lefty dominant. I mean, if you're going to have a short fortune right field, we ought to have a couple lefties that can hit. Yeah. <laughs> but, we, but we don't. Now, I think it's very hypocritical if the Yankees fire Aaron Boone and not Cashman. Because Cashman ultimately is the one that hired Aaron Boone. Now, Aaron Boone's not my cup of tea, but he's only following the orders that Cashman in the front office can be. Which leads me into a Yankee question, but also deals with MLB. Now, Manfred says that he's going to potentially rule change, including bringing, bringing the maybe universal DH. Eliminating the seven-game doubleheaders, um, eliminating the runner on second rule to start extra innings, and then he says banning or limiting the shift. Now that would ultimately help the Yankees because the Yankees always hit into the damn shift. But ultimately, <laughs> I said on our show yesterday that I wouldn't do that because if you're a professional hitter, you should learn how to hit the other way. Are you in for all those rule changes, including banning or limiting the shift? And, and they literally had 
one guy, you know, teams would play one guy on the left side of the entire field when Ted Williams came up. So shifting, even though it's done more now, you know, everybody does it now, shifting has been part of the game, you know, since the 1940s, you know, the 1930s. It just wasn't as prevalent as. I know that they're trying to help offense and get more offense in the game. Here's the problem. Pitchers are better than they've ever been. You're basically now with Rapsodo and some of the high-tech stuff that you have, you're creating pitches in a lab. I'm not sure you're ever going to get an offensive game that you used to get because pitchers are bigger, stronger, faster. You know, when I grew up, you had guys come out of the bullpen, and the guys that came out of the bullpen and threw hard, you had a few, Bruce Suter with his, you know, with his fastball and his sport ball, Rich Gossage, you know, for the Yankees. You know, these guys were coming in, they throw mid-90s, now everybody that comes in out of the bullpen is throwing mid to upper 90s, and then you got the ground throwing it over 100. I just don't know if there's any rule change that's going to help offense because pitching is just so much better than it's ever been. That's that's very true. A uh, couple of quick things before we leave. Uh, Trevor Bowers, you know, is, is adding on another two more weeks, and every week he don't play. He's getting $1.5 million. Man, isn't that some unemployment? I mean, I I wish I got $1.5 million a week. I think that's awesome. And then in 1996, a little, little movie that, I don't know, earned $250 million worldwide and led to billion dollars in merchandising. It was called Space Jam, featuring... The stars of Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, and the gang. And some guy, I don't know, some, some people call him Michael. Some people say he's a goat, Michael Jordan. This Friday, the, the, the star is back, Bugs Bunny, the icon, the real goat. And they had to bring in some hack LeBron James to fill it in because Michael Jordan probably didn't want to do it. So, Space Jam 2 this Friday. Will you see it, and what do you think of the coming attractions? Oh, I probably will see it at some point. Now, like I said, we're still playing, so my days, uh, I don't really get to do anything other than go to work and go to the ball field. Uh, but at some point, I'll probably watch it. Uh, you know, I was a, a Space Jam fan, you know, all the way back in 95, 96 when it came out. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not big on remakes on any movie. Uh, most of them are never as good as the original, uh, but I'll give it a look and take a look at it. That, 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 you know, that, that, that's, you know, I can't, you know, I, you know, I like all sports movies, so I'm sure at some point I'll have to watch it. But you know, this, I'll go in with uh, understanding that it's not the original. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably see it at some point, at some point this week when it comes out, because you know, it's uh. You know, just, just to critique it to see how it is. It, it's different. It's clearly different. It's not anywhere like the original. It's different. So, we'll, we'll, so I'll definitely get a chance to see it as well. Last quick thing before we get you out of here. Um, was on, like, Nick was very mad about my top ten quarterback list because I personally had Matt Ryan as a top ten quarterback. Do you think Matt Ryan is a top ten quarterback? And do you think Stafford is a is probably the eighth best quarterback? Because I truly think that um, there are other quarterbacks better than Stafford, and I think Ryan statistically is a top ten quarterback. 
Well, you know, Matt Ryan's kind of that guy. I'll say this, Matt Ryan with Cal Shanahan was probably a top 10 quarterback, but he hasn't been the same since Shanahan left. Uh, I'm really curious to see what Stafford does. Uh, you know, I'm one of these guys that, you know, you look at his numbers, he put up big numbers, they didn't win a lot, but let's face it, when's the last time Detroit won anything? I mean, he was in a bad situation. I think the situation he's going into will be better for him, and, and I think we'll get a true understanding of how good or, you know, how overrated or underrated Stafford will be, you know, where he's going. I think this will be a year that's probably maybe for his legacy, you know, that he could put together a huge year. Then all of a sudden his, his time in Detroit kind of speaks for itself. It was Detroit. Um, I'm not sure Matt Ryan today is a top ten quarterback. I can probably name you ten quarterbacks I'd rather have than him. But I do think that Matt Ryan is a guy that has been undervalued. Uh, you know, uh, he's, he, he's, he's solid. He's going to give you great leadership. I just think that uh, at, at this point in his career, I'm not sure. I wouldn't have him as a top ten quarterback. Vic is the voice of reason. And it was always a pleasure. Always 1027 the game. You and Steven do a fantastic job. I, I hope you and your team do really well. I hope y'all win the chip. And just remember, no sticky stuff. Oh, uh, no. We, we don't play with sticky Only on our bats. No pitcher sticky stuff. That's for sure. Vic, Vic, um, Vic is always a pleasure. We'll definitely have you back on again real soon. Definitely to preview the upcoming NFL season, man. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. And uh, thanks for having me. Like I said, I've missed you guys. I've I've been out of sports radio for a month and a half now, except for a couple days here and there. So I miss it, miss Steve. Uh, but we'll get you guys back on 1027 The Game, uh, definitely for a football preview. Definitely talk about how the Patriots are going to go down. and the Giants Come on, down. Vic. Come on, don't do that. Thank you, thank you, bud. Thanks, guys.